Welcome to the R. Jackson Home Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Coach Donnie Nicky. He's the head coach of the Northside Indians football team. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on. So, Coach Nicky, um, you know, you, uh, you've got quite the football history here. Where does it get started at? In the front yard in Akron, Ohio, um, playing football with the older kids. We're, uh, everybody's a big Browns fan. Mm-hmm. Akron's real close to Cleveland. Yeah. So, Bernie Kozar, this is back in the day, 1985. Um, just started playing. I remember wearing like dog bones to the <laughs> kindergarten and things like that. I really fell into it and loved uh, playing and competing with the older guys mm-hmm. and just seeing where I stacked up. And I and I was I could I had some skills back then too. So early on, yeah, it was something I could sell at, and I just fell in love. Mm. So you were playing from about as early as you could. Yeah. Is it a family Except, thing? No, my well my my parents wouldn't let me play organized football. Uh, we moved to Central Ohio, uh, called a town called Plain City, west of Columbus, in 1988. When I was eight, and they still wouldn't let me play. That's the only thing to do. They didn't. <laughs> they didn't have soccer at Plain City. Um, it was very rural, <laughs> and it wasn't until I was in seventh grade that they let me play <laughs> organized football. So I just go out in the front yard with my brother and all his friends, my older brother and his friends, and just beat the snot out of each other. So I don't know that one was safer than the other, but <laughs> yeah. But it got me into it, and um, the first play, my the first play I ever played I was a quarterback, and I couldn't couldn't get the snap very well under center, mm-hmm. so fumble the snap. This is the first play. Fumble snap, found a hole, and ran it for a touchdown. And that was our best play that whole year. <laughs> like, that was just, just take it and run. Yeah. So, I, could, I knew I, I knew I could run a little faster than, than average. Yeah. And then I didn't really start working and knowing what kind of potential the game of football can have to change your life <laughs> until I was in high school. And this is late in high school. I went to Ohio State's football camp, mm-hmm. and it's basically a big tryout, like all these like all these camps are. They're just yeah. trying to get prospects and then weed out, mm-hmm. and then a lot of other schools, the smaller schools from the area wherever the camp is, uh, can get a look at every guy. Mm-hmm. And I ran a quick forty. I ran a four like a four four something. So I could run pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty fast. And I was 180 pounds. I was real skinny. Never lifted a weight. But I was a junior going into my senior year. And instantly started getting some offers. Because I had a little film. Were you still playing quarterback? Mm, I got moved to tailback. Okay. Um, I played linebacker, tailback, tight end, wide receiver, mm-hmm. quarterback, punter, punt returner. Yeah, anything, everything. yeah. Any any chance I could get to be on the field, I was. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do I got to do? And really, my best ability was availability, going mm-hmm. through college and 
once I got into the NFL. Mm-hmm. But once I got um, scholarship offers and got some interest, the uh, the strength coach at Ohio State, I, I committed to Ohio State. So this is after I was a big baseball player too. Okay. And I wanted to play baseball. So I committed to another school, Ohio University, to play baseball and football. A little football. Bit smaller school. Yeah, a little smaller. Just completely different mm-hmm. as far as the the football like fan base and yeah and seriousness goes. It's Bobcats, right? Yeah, Bobcats. Yeah, and had to decommit from them after Ohio State. They had a few people fall through, so I was their their leftovers, and I'm very grateful for yeah, it because I went like, worked out pretty well. Because OU Ohio University went. Oh, and oh, for the next four years, and then we we ended up winning the national championship my yeah. senior year. And I feel like when someone like Ohio State calls, you know, that's a that's a phone call you have to take. Yeah, at first I was a little like, no, nah, I don't really want to go on an official visit. Mm-hmm. I kind of hurt, like my pride was hurt, and yeah. I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely gonna go. Then I got there and I was like, I'm definitely going. Mm-hmm. Who but is? Jim Tressel, the coach then? Or? John Cooper was the coach. Okay. It was his predecessor to... Yeah, John Cooper. I had John Cooper for the first... Well, I redshirted in the first two years. Mm-hmm. And then Coach Tressel came in in my last two years. So how did, the, how did you end up at safety then? Well, when I... Get, I don't know. I got... I went on these recruiting visits and it seemed like... All right, my best chance to play is going to be if mm-hmm. I move to defense. They told me that right off the bat. Yeah. And Ohio State, it wasn't a question. There was a few places that I could have possibly played offense. Maybe they were just telling me that, but just to recruit me. But Ohio State, they were clear cut. Like, you're not good enough to play tailback because we got a stack. They've had a pretty good string of getting people in the NFL. Yeah, they've got good running backs. Yeah. And – and I liked to hit rather than be hit. Mm-hmm. And offense, I mean, you just take pounding. Yeah. Running backs, the running back's lifespan is the shortest on the field. Yeah. You just take a beating. And then at that level, I went from a – so there's – in Ohio, it's six divisions, one being the biggest, six being the smallest. Okay. So we were division four. Mm-hmm. So we were a smaller school. We had about 350 in the whole school. Okay. Uh, we had the biggest class. It was 80. Yeah. And this is very rural. There's Amish people. Um, they don't go to school with us, but I had a good friend, my best friend. We were sitting in We were playing baseball, and there was an Amish buggy that pulled up. And two Amish people got up and were sitting in stands like, hey, look at the, look at the Amish people. Yeah. So that's my grandma and grandpa. <laughs> okay. So to go from that and then 30 miles, we're 30 miles away from Columbus. So I went to school 30 miles away. Mm-hmm. Really two different worlds. Yeah, completely. And it was, it was a shock, the workload. The strength coach, um, after the school year ended, Said, hey, you, you're right down the street. You can come. This is before early commits and all that. Mm-hmm. And so I started working out with the team. And the first 
four days I threw up and I didn't I, I didn't get used to like um, what you had to wear mm-hmm. I was real always about baggy shorts and stuff well at Ohio State we had to wear like football pants with no pants with no pads mm-hmm. it was like tights mm-hmm. so you had your the one layer on and then over that yeah you got these tight <laughs> these tight tights and then I'm shocked at the talent so I was I was always the fastest kid yeah big fish now little I'm, pond now I'm barely keeping up mm-hmm. and that but that's how I'm driven I wanted to be I always wanted to be first in mm-hmm. in conditioning and sprints and I wasn't. Mm-hmm. So I eventually got to where, all right, this is going to be a mountain of work. Mm-hmm. Like a mountain. Early on, kind of, I kind of decided to redshirt. Thought that was the best for me. And now I look back and I look like two different people. Like there's so much growth that goes on when you get into a serious program mm-hmm. and are lifting weights <clears throat> and getting the, getting the calories you need. Mm-hmm. And then the conditioning, running, just running so much running and mm-hmm. sprint training that, I mean, you just change. You just change and grew a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, once school started and there's 50,000 students at Ohio State and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So I redshirted. So we'd be done on, you know, Thursday and I wouldn't have to do anything till the following Sunday. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of nightlife. Mm-hmm. Had a, a lot of good times. Killed a lot of brain cells. <laughs> but nevertheless, the spring after that, um, I earned a starting spot. I had a really good spring. And all that all that work paid off. Yeah. And they started giving me chances. And man, it was... So you're on the it field. Was, the odds were not in my favor. Yeah. But I persistence and being available mm-hmm. and just being willing to do whatever it takes. Yeah. Is what really got me into a starting spot. Now that's that first year I started, um, we struggled. We had a, a lot of turnover, mm-hmm. um, some recruiting misfires Mm -hmm. to where guys that are they got five stars or whatever I don't even know I don't think I had a star (laughs) but that's right at the beginning of the recruiting industry anyway Mm -hmm. that like this guy was the highest rated tackle and he was terrible Mm -hmm. like he was just such a poor human being that it really didn't it overshadowed so much what his ability was because he couldn't get over how bad his attitude was and how yeah. selfish he was. Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't until we we struggled that year, six and six, and then in Columbus, Ohio, six and six is un, un It's a great way to lose a job. Unacceptable. Yeah. We lost to Michigan. The following year, we lost to Michigan again. That's what got Coach Cooper fired. Mm-hmm. We went to the Outback Bowl. Lost but it doesn't matter. Eight and four, I think. Doesn't matter if you lose to Michigan, right? No, it doesn't matter. Yeah. 
you got to win that game. Yeah. So that's when the transition happened. Mm -hmm. And Coach Trussell came in and really tried to build our character first. Mm -hmm. And that was completely, like, foreign to me. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm here just to play football. This other stuff doesn't matter. Yeah. And this is until much later that that's really what that's really what worked yeah like so what would he do to build character we would have quiet time where he'd force us first thing in the morning to um go through a winner's manual we had it's like a book of quotes and like a curriculum of leadership Mm -hmm. and really just a chance to start the day quietly meditating praying Mm -hmm. It was very, it was non-secular. I mean, there was yeah. no religion attached to it. So, mm-hmm. um, so it was something you could do. Even I grew up Catholic. I was kind of against all organized religion. Yeah. When I was in college, and that was a way for for me to tap into the spiritual part mm-hmm. without even knowing it. And and it had an effect on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think the effect was profound. Um, he forced us to learn each other's names, get to know each other on mm-hmm. a personal basis, and it all plays out on the field because you're going to fight harder for somebody that's next to you yeah. when you care about them. Yeah, especially if you don't sense. know their name. Yeah, if you don't know their name, yeah, it's easy to point the finger at them. Mm-hmm. So that's something. Um, is very valuable to me and there's nothing X and O about it yeah there's nothing new in football nothing has been invented yeah they just package it differently Mm -hmm. and it's still the same plays same defenses Mm -hmm. you can wrinkle things here and there and innovate that way but it's all teamwork and Mm -hmm. leadership and that teamwork and leadership Got y'all to a national title. Mm-hmm. So what was what was winning a national? Who'd y'all play, and what was it like winning? I would play Miami, Florida, okay. and they had been undefeated for two years, and we just didn't care. We we'd won games we didn't weren't supposed to. We didn't care that we were underdogs. Mm-hmm. We kind of relished that, and we were just so tight that we knew it was the world against us. Mm-hmm. When we weren't going to get a whole lot of support. Now, Ohio State fans support, but yeah. nationally no support. And they were stacked. We were stacked, too. But we had a lot of younger guys. Yeah. Coach Trestle brought in a lot of good uh, recruits. Mm-hmm. They ended up going on, too. And, man, it was crazy. I got uh, – they had a safety named Sean Taylor – Yeah, yeah, he was a freak. In the first quarter, I was going out covering a punt, and he hit me so hard. I was, I mean, I was out on my feet. I don't remember much of the game, except for the end. We lost it, and I remember feeling the the brutal, like, crushing defeat, and then we got new life, and then we won. Mm -hmm. So it was like both emotions. Mm Mm-hmm. And after the game, 
I was still concussed and just wandering around, just a huge smile on your face. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you got to where only one team gets Yeah. in college football. And it's, it's a great feeling, yeah. great feeling, just knowing that you believed it. Nobody else did. Yeah. But that 110 guys believed in each other. Mm-hmm. And we, before the game, I traded, uh, we wrote down on a piece of paper, 2002 national champions, and then traded it mm-hmm. with someone. And I traded with Dustin Fox, who was a cornerback. A and I saw him not long ago. And I thought about that. I don't have the paper. I bet he does, but yeah. But stuff like that, man, means a lot. Yeah. And it was it was a great thing after that game. Um, I had to wake up at six. Well, I, did, I didn't go to sleep, and got on a plane, and had to go to the East West Shrine game. Mm-hmm. I got invited. I get. I had to pull some strings to get an invite to that. Mm-hmm. So it was on to. The business of football. Yeah. Well, that's that's not at all ashamed. It is what it is. Yeah. It's a business. College football is a business too. It's just yeah, a little bit different. The amateurism thing and is just kind of veiled. Yeah, we can have a whole we could have a whole podcast about that. I bet. Yeah. But let's let's take a break and we'll come back and talk about the next phase of that. Yeah. Um, and so between the Tennessee and Mississippi rivers, this is our Jackson. Jackson Home Podcast today. I'm here with Donnie Nicky. Uh, he is the head coach of the Northside High School football Indian, uh, the Indians football team, and former uh, Ohio State National Championship winner and uh, former t- Tennessee Titan. Um, you were talking about going to the East and West Shrine game. Did you get to go to the Combine and all that jazz? Yeah, Combine. That was the year before they started to televise it. Okay. And I'm glad because I fell down in one of the drills <laughs> and got roasted. But it was a crazy experience. I'd ran a lot of 40s, spent a lot of time. So you get start to get ready for this track meet. Mm-hmm. That's it's a track meet. It's got nothing to do with football, but you train specifically for it. It matters. Mm-hmm. Um, traditionally, Ohio State guys didn't run in it when I went, but I decided to be different and run. And I found out why they don't is because when you get there, and it's the RCA Dome. Yeah. This is before it was at the new place. And I get down on the, the start line and look over about 10 yards to the left is uh, Jerry Jones. Like the one owner I mm-hmm. could pick out in a crowd. Yeah. I think most people can pick out Al Jerry Davis. Jones. Al Davis was right there too with the glasses. Could you smell his cologne? No. no yeah, it was that close, but... <laughs> I think he could smell my fear more <laughs> and just instantly wasn't prepared for that. And mm. I guess some guys, it like it helps them out, but I ran a, you know, a sub subpar for some uh, subpar 40, mm-hmm. just kind of a slow time, like a four, six and a four, five, eight. So glad when it was over, I couldn't wait because it's a long day of work. 
after three days of interviews, mm-hmm. they're kind of grueling. They're just trying to see what kind of person you are and what, what you're about. So get done with that. Finish up school. Uh, graduated. And then the draft is on my birthday. It's usually right around my birthday. It's yeah, April 25th. Mine too. I'm two days after your birthday. And so I like occasionally get the benefit of having the draft on your birthday. Yeah. Well, in 2003, it was my 23rd birthday. I got drafted <laughs> on that day. Um, nervous. Forgot Tennessee even had a team. Because <laughs> you, when you go through the process, you interview with certain teams and mm-hmm. you get a little bit of a rapport with a few coaches, I guess. Or they strike you like I'd want to play for him. And mm-hmm. Tennessee, well, I never Did came around contact. and no, no contact in interviews or anything until draft day. Hmm. And I got I originally got drafted by the Patriots. They traded um, Tennessee traded for about a six round pick for me. So I'm off to Nashville. Mm-hmm. Never been. <laughs> um, and rookie training camp and I just I really like the town I really love the coaching staff we had a really good coaching staff we had a really good team was that Jeff Fisher yeah Jeff Fisher um Steve McNair was that was actually my rookie year he won the co-MVP with uh Peyton Manning Hmm. so I got to see some really great players yeah really up close and personal and the biggest difference was that everybody could run in the NFL but the quarterbacks were head and shoulders above anything I'd even seen. Mm. I mean, every once in a while. But to be in the same division as Peyton Manning and play with Steve McNair, yeah. to watch him every day at practice, it was just a different level of talent. Yeah. I mean, those are the two best those are, they're the two best players in the in the world that year. Mm-hmm. And we got to play him twice. And uh it was just an experience. It's a long year. So the senior year and then combine, draft, rookie yeah. camp. Man is all the way until we went into the playoffs, lost in New England. And it was like 20 below. I'd never been outside that cold. <laughs> and we lost that game. The Patriots, who I was drafted by, ended up winning the Super Bowl. Oh. So I was close. Yeah. But I just needed a rest. So you hit that wall. They say there's a wall. And it's about, it's really the month of December that you're not used to ever playing. (laughs) And, man, you hit it. And I hit it pretty good. Made it through. Um, Just decided I need some rest. I lived downtown in Nashville. Moved to the suburbs. And got a... A little bit complacent mm. and just all right I'm here I got drafted I know I got a three-year contract well training camp comes around and I get through training camp training camp in the NFL is the most competitive environment on the planet because everybody's trying to get their job yeah and it's for a job yeah and the only way a new a rookie gets a job is if he takes it from an older guy mm. and there's it's hard. It's a hard place to create um, a team, a real team that mm-hmm. that cares about each other and 
really, truly, genuinely wants the best for each other, that happens, and that's what the great coaches do mm-hmm. is facilitate that environment. But it was it's pretty selfish, too. Like, you got to yeah. be business selfish and understand that you're the corporation. You're the CEO of you. Mm-hmm. And you got to take care of yourself. But you got to fit in to be a team. And it was the day before the first game. They moved. There was a hurricane. We're playing Miami. They moved the game back from Sunday to Saturday. Our punter got hurt on Friday getting out of bed. Craig Hentrick was a like back problem. He's got a back spasm. Well, they had to cut somebody to. This is the day before the game. I'm getting ready to go on the plane, and I got cut. So I was the I was number 53. So they had to get rid of number 53. Find room for a punter. Yeah, it was just for it was just for a weekend. They brought me back, but that was a wake up call. So Mm -hmm. that was like, all right, I've been taking days off or taking taking it for granted. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that ever again. So whatever needs to be done, I'm gonna be there, and I'm gonna do it mm-hmm. like I'm crazy, and just hit everybody I can, because you never know. It could be tomorrow, like when I'm done. Yeah, and it happens like that. I mean, that everything could end at any moment. Mm-hmm. So that was a good. I think that was a a spiritual thing that happened in my life. And that really propelled me to be available. Mm-hmm. So when something needs to be done, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Backup holder, backup punter. Like, I'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. Because I just want to be a part of this. Because we were successful early on. And then yeah. we got bad. Mm-hmm. And then 2008, we were really good again. Um. It was a whole different team, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, the business of the NFL and the salary cap, early on, those guys that were on the team my first two years, they were all gone because of salary cap and mm-hmm. whatnot, business stuff. And so started to understand that, the mechanics of, of ownership versus players and mm-hmm. that whole dynamic. And their control mechanisms, and it just really got into it. Yeah. And kept my kept my mouth shut, but just worked as hard as I could. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't, I mean, I, I couldn't cover anybody. I could hit a little bit. I was crazy enough to just sacrifice my body. Mm-hmm. And the way that I got a spot and moved up from 53 to maybe 40 in the 40s on the roster was through special teams. Mm-hmm. I had never – I did special teams in high school, did them in college, but I never had to make my way through because I started um, or after I registered in college. Yeah. But finding a place and what I could do well was go hit a bunch of guys and there was a wedge. Mm-hmm. So Wedge Buster was where I proved my value because there weren't a lot of people like that. There were a few, and I, I learned from them and saw them. Um, a guy named Larry Izzo at New England, um, Scott McGarrahan, 
that they brought in to kind of teach me what to do. And I was like, all right, well, this is a role I can do. Yeah. I can trick myself into being crazy enough sometimes. But at the beginning of the games, I was. But when you're really – when the game isn't close is when I really had to train myself to to hit the stupid button, mm-hmm. just turn my brain off, and keep going that same speed into the same mm-hmm. giant wall of men. And then find other roles yeah. on special teams. And then – become the most valuable special teams asset yeah and that persisted and turned a two-year career into an eight-year career in the nfl and that's longer than the average yeah average average is right before you get vested so their business again yeah you get vested after four years well the average is three and a half because it's a funding issue of whether this guy's worth putting much money these assets yeah. into his pension so so you have a you have a special teams ace you're special teams captain mm-hmm. right what happens when the NFL comes to an end man chaos if well I had a few things happen like there's, there's been spiritual moments where God's kind of pointed me in the direction mm-hmm. And just let me know where what to do and where to go. Mm-hmm. And I think the way I've always learned is just make all the mistakes. And early on, football became my idol. And then I, I put myself up there too. Mm-hmm. And then anything you put your faith into that's finite is going to end. And then what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'll... I was searching for something. Um, when I was still playing, my dad passed away. And he passed away in June. Well, the way I dealt with it was to shave a mohawk and wear red contacts. And I, then I was really my – that was probably my better, best season after that because I had a, a way to – vent all that frustration anger and sadness Mm. it's really all sadness Mm. and no relationship spiritually and it was just kind of empty so the season ended and I met my wife who was at MTSU Um, she went to USJ Katie Brush and I've never that was a spiritual moment too where I was like all right, this is it was like a bright light and lightning, and um, she brought me into just the opening of a spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. Like I could feel like that was positive, and played two more years. We got married, had a son, and football end. Football ended, and um, got my Series Seven. Thought finance, I'd be a stockbroker. That sounds good. You can make a lot of money. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, well, money is, money is where I need to have my face. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that is up and down. Um, opened a bar. I drank a bunch because I, I like to drink and party. I was always 
a big thing. And that was a disaster. Um, so trying to put my faith into substances, mm-hmm. alcohol, um, that just left me completely empty. Had another child. And then with her is where, with my daughter, so my son Trey uh, is almost six. And Darby turns three tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And with her, she was um, complications. She had complications, low birth weight or low uh, fluid when she was in utero. And the doctor said, we should probably terminate. It's like, mm. let's go that. And then we were both, Katie and I both were adamant to have the baby and and Katie was very sad and I didn't know how to express sadness still mm-hmm. and just felt like man this is this is me getting punished and all this mm-hmm. all these these bad thoughts and really her being born perfectly and having that miracle is how stubborn I am too that I have to have proof mm-hmm. like that that there is is an almighty spiritual mm-hmm. God and that was the beginning of of me finding uh, my spirit accepting Christ like being a Christian mm-hmm. um, we so Darby was about one Katie been doing Pure Bar which is this fitness studio in Nashville mm-hmm. she loved it she got approved to um, open a franchise in Jackson mm-hmm. from Nashville because they hadn't opened up that market and once I let go of of the wheel and trying to direct everything mm-hmm. good stuff starts to happen mm-hmm. and it, it does so I gotta give up my control and find God's will mm-hmm. on a daily basis on an hourly basis sometimes yeah yeah and then once we got to Jackson, it just felt right. It's it's her home, so it's not my home, but it felt like home mm-hmm. because there was family here, because it was where she grew up. Um, man, it just felt good. Mm-hmm. I liked the, I liked the distance of everything. Yeah, I drive about ten miles a week. Yep. <laughs> so gas is in Nashville. It, it's gotten so so big where. Mm-hmm having two young kids and two young careers. Um, when I, I started coaching in, in Nashville too, that was my, I was dipping my toe in. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to commit fully to coaching, but when we got here, um, I called coach Marley at USJ. Um, she had uh, kind of set up, uh, um, us meeting and he invited me. I asked him mm-hmm. to coach and he invited me to coach. And I coached with uh, Jody Evans at USJ for a year, and I really fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. Just this is what I want to do, because I would always, <clears throat> when a kid that light bulb goes off and he pushes past his furthest, pushes past where he thinks he can't go, mm-hmm. and wants to quit, doesn't, keeps pushing through, learns it like perfects a technique, gets something right, has some success. Mm-hmm. Man, that's what 
Yeah, I feel like the Grinch when his heart grows. It's like his heart grew by it twice. It's mm-hmm. the same kind of feeling where, all right, this is what I need to do. Yeah. Whatever makes me feel like that, it was the same feeling I would get when I uh, make a good player, do something right, mm-hmm. get a compliment. It just feels good. Yeah. And I was like, all right, this is what I got to do. I want to do it full time. Mm-hmm. What do I have to do to teach? What do I got to do? How do I do this at school during the day and then football after school? Mm-hmm. And Coach Marley um, is a big asset of mine and kind of mentored me through that. Mm-hmm. Um, I applied. Coach Marley got let go. Um, I felt like that was me getting directed away from mm-hmm. from certain things and into new opportunities. Applied at Liberty, applied at the Northside head coach job, um, was open. I interviewed for that. Applied at a, a few, quite a few different places. Mm-hmm. And a couple of months went by. This is in January, December, January, February couple years ago and um, got to know Coach Turner at Liberty Um, was on my way to sign the paperwork to be a coach and then teach through the CTE program because of my experience in finance Mm -hmm. Um, on my way to sign at Central Office and Northside called like there's an opening same same type of business CTE class opening and we can get you in would you accept the job I thought about it for about five seconds <laughs> really kind of just tried to see if if this is me wanting to be a head coach mm-hmm. or this is the right thing and uh, my wife and I spent some time on it and it's been the right thing mm-hmm it's, it was bad. I had the blessing of being able to talk with Coach Val. Mm-hmm. Um, Coach Val had resigned and he finished out the school year, and I got there in April. And so I had about a month and a half of being able to, to talk with him and really get a good lay of the land. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've tried to change the environment and make it clean, make it safe. Mm-hmm. The first thing I noticed was that these kids can play ball. Like their talent is not is not what's keeping them from because they have been successful. They won forty games in the previous four years, mm-hmm. over forty. So I'm like, well, what are, what's missing to push them to a championship level? And it's really that piece that like I circle back to Coach Tressel mm-hmm. doing with us. Because the team, it's got to be a team first. doesn't matter what you run, what kind of offense. Mm-hmm. Nothing's new in football. It's an attitude, effort, and then per, like persistence. Mm-hmm. So got through last year. I immediately, my pride immediately veiled itself mm-hmm. and won – when I walked through the door, we were scheduled to play the number one 6A team, Murfreesboro, Oakland, and 
I figured out we had a chance because of our athletic ability. So my pride kind of overshadowed what is now number one, and that's having a disciplined mm. plan for the team that's consistent and having a coaching staff that reinforces that. Mm. So it got it got to a point where I'd lost some of the kids, the seniors that had been displaced and rejected. So I've never learned as much as I have in the last year. We went seven and four, um, lost to the first round of playoffs. But this spring, and then we just started summer workouts. Has been it's been awesome to see what to get that that heart growing every day. It's yeah. almost every day, and just put putting so much into them about dealing with anger and. Anger is is usually sadness, in my experience. Mm-hmm. So what if somebody is mouthing off? All right, there's something behind that. Let's mm-hmm. let's kind of find out what that is. Yeah, and tap into it, and then show them the same kind of innocuous, um, ambiguous spiritual invitation. Yeah, that I was given. That's awesome. But just to have them see it earlier. Yeah. Any earlier will be great. <laughs> yeah. And, and, I mean, some never get it, but if one does, then I've done my job. Yeah. It could be life change. Yeah. That's... And going from Battleground Academy, USJ, to Northside is big difference demographically. Mm-hmm. But it's all the same. That the kids, they want to, they want attention. Mm-hmm. They just want to have a relationship. Yeah. They need, they need men that are strong. That can show them, not necessarily tell them. Mm-hmm. So I try to, I clean the toilets, I mow all the grass. We uh, spent uh, about ten days painting the weight room. Just making it nice for them, so we take pride in where we work. Mm-hmm. So they have to earn the earn the privilege to to be on the team, and that it's a fun place. So now now they like to come hang out. I got to drive them. Like, Let's go. <laughs> they ask to come back, and so it, that that lets me know we're on the right track. Absolutely. And the games will take care of themselves. Yeah. Um, I study a lot of. John Wooden's philosophies. He won a few games. Yeah, he yeah, he did win a few for about a decade. Yeah, <laughs> ten out of twelve. But it was never about winning games. It was just about mm-hmm. giving your best effort every day and having a good attitude. Mm-hmm. That's all. At the end of the day, all you can tr- control is what you do. Mm-hmm. How you, the effort that you give, and then the attitude that you have while you're doing it. Yeah, I have to remind myself of that a lot because my attitude sometimes likes to get lazy, and that's the easy thing to do. The easy yeah. thing to do is just do nothing or blame somebody else, mm-hmm. and it happens sometimes. Yeah, but now, but that I'm conscious of it shows my growth towards improvement. Absolutely. Coach Nicky, 
thank you for coming on. I think this has probably been the most honest podcast I've ever had. Yeah, I, I, it's a it's a fault of mine. I just speak. But it was great, uh, and so I want to just thank you for helping to make Jackson a better place, and thank you for choosing to follow him. Yeah, thank you. Today's podcast was hosted by Kevin Adelsberger. Our intro music was performed by Aaron Harden. It was recorded live at The Co. To find out more about The Co., visit their website at www.attheco.com. To find out more about Our Jackson Home and to read about how amazing Jackson is, visit ourjacksonhome.com.